Today we continue our series on Dennis Nilsson. We'll recap his first murder back in 1978, then follow Dennis as he really ramps up his killings and his sexual perversion. We'll discuss several more of his murders, how he got off with the bodies, and what he did with them afterwards. Finally, did a slip-up with a university student lead to his downfall? We'll find out. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you enjoyed part one last week, stick around and buckle up. Tonight, we're going from zero to 100. This is Necronomapod. told us just a few minutes ago, Ian, you had been doing uh, some Pokemon card shopping the other day. Yeah, yeah. Did you end up buying anything? It did. Yeah? Yeah. And bought some of the new uh, the new 151 set. What does that mean? There's 151 Pokemon in the oh. first generation. So it's like a all new set, but all right. just off the new, or the uh, the original Pokemon. They're not worth with the original one because they're like no, they're not later edition prints. It's like a yeah. remastered version. Yeah, like this set just came out a couple That's, weeks ago. Got it. I did pull a hundred dollar card though. Wow, nice. It's pretty pumped about instant that. equity. Do you have Pokemon competitions now with people? No, I don't. No, I don't okay. play. I don't know how to play the game. I just want the cards. Just want the cards. Hmm. Yeah, I have my binders. Are they easier to like? Isn't that people, the? Isn't I'm that admitting the, a lot to people like, right now. Isn't that the stuff that people were like stabbing each other over at Target and stuff? People were getting in fist fights about it. So has that calmed down then? Like you're easily you're able to easily just go buy Pokemon now in a safe environment. With, yeah, with no fear like, of getting. Did you killed? have like TSA there, like checking you, patting you down before you walked in? They sell out super fast. Hmm. So you times. got lucky with that, or did you know? I knew that they were going to sell out. I pre-ordered one of the things. Mm. From the, the store, mm-hmm. local store? Yeah. Gotcha. Would it make sense for us to hijack a truck of Pokemon cards? Like, is it profitable? I feel like we can uh, pull off a heist. I'll, I'll do a heist. There's a lot of money to be made mm. in Pokemon. Mitch Romney had his binder of women. Ian's got his binder <laughs> of Pokemon cards. I like it. Did they limit it to how many you could buy? Not at that store, no. You could have recruited Dave and I if you needed us to. We each go get our own mm-hmm. Pokemon box set. We could we could feel real cool for an afternoon, and then we'll just give them to Ian. <laughs> this is how sad it has gotten. Uh, so the dude that works there, I don't know if he listens to this show. He's like, what's up, but, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> at first, he didn't like me. He thought that I was... Most people don't like me at first. They think I'm an asshole to, to begin with. Um, you have what they call resting bitch face. Yeah. <laughs> He thought I was like a reseller. Like I didn't know anything about Pokemon oh. and I was like being a dickhead just buying up and, and reselling. We've since gotten gotten over oh, that. Oh, well, that's nice. He's he knows like, I'm just filling up binders. You're like, no, dude, I'm just an actual <laughs> loser filling up binders. I'm the same as you, pal. <laughs> but yeah, he, he uh the other day he, he called me a top customer the other wow. day. Yeah. I was allowed to pick up my box later on in the evening when nobody else was. 
So that's you why can't, I that's the on. only box he's going to be picking up, I'm sure. <laughs> there's set times you can go pick up your box. It's like like a video game. Like mm. there's certain dates like, that they come out. Yeah. I just meant like if you had pre-ordered it, you already it's yours. It should just be sitting behind the counter until you're the there's rules. I it wanted rules. it the day before. Oh, like it, I see. Yeah, I was there the day before. Top uh, customers get special exceptions. Yeah, I see. All right, well, good stuff. $100 card. Who was that? Was it Pikachu? It was a Charizard. Mm. That might be the only two Pokemon I can name. And I wouldn't even have thought of Charizard. I just now that you said it, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Does this Pikachu have the black tip on his tail? <laughs> no. I can't remember what the real thing I is. I swear to God, he didn't have a black <laughs> tip. Nelson Mandela's on the phone. He says there's no black <laughs> tip. <laughs> that really blew my Those mind. are crazy. <laughs> I said, I did not die in the 80s. <laughs> Assholes. Well, okay. Ian's got his Pokemon box set. All's right with the world. Dave's got his whiskey. I do. Let's talk about some murder. <laughs> There's a lot. This is like bullet point almost. Like boom, 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 boom. It's murder. <laughs> Goddamn right. Dennis goes, uh, I think you said in your intro, Dave, zero to 100. Yeah. He ramps it up. So where we left off on part two, Dennis had committed his first murder when he killed 14-year-old Stephen Holmes, who Dennis later said that he thought was 17 years old, which was probably some of that underage guilt. What's that? I never had no underage guilt. <laughs> I like the children. Why is he here? <laughs> Underage guilt. Never heard of her. <laughs> we didn't really expand on that murder in part one. We just kind of left it at a at a breaking point. So I'm to save the good stuff for part two, apparently. That's all right. This episode is jam-packed. So we'll expand on that murder now. On December 30th, 1978, Dennis went to Cricklewood Arms Pub to start one of his typical long nights of drinking when he came across Stephen Holmes. Like we said last week, Stephen was 14, so when he tried to buy beer, the bartender shut him down. Dennis told Stephen that he could come back to his place. Dennis had more than enough to drink at his flat, and they could listen to music. The two walked back to Dennis's flat and drank until they both passed out. Nothing sexual happened, and Dennis woke up the next morning before Stephen did. Should the drinking age be 18? At least here? Uh, Sure. I'm good with that. I am too. Everyone goes sure. off to college when they're 17 and 18. Right. Everyone drinks. And most people before that. It's just silly. Yeah. And if you can join the army and you know the military yeah, at 18, absolutely. you should be able to drink. I agree. It's 18 over there. Right. But I'm just asking for us here. Yeah. Okay. That's all. Kids get into trouble. They get to college. They don't know how to drink. They, uh, they learn hard lessons. Need to practice beforehand. But I don't know if changing it to 18 would make the difference. That's yeah, true. But I just 16, feel like it, like you shouldn't be going off to college and still like you have to wait till your junior year of college to no, start drinking. Like, come on. It's dumb. Yeah. It's not really practical. No, I agree. All right. There's our social issue talk for the day. <laughs> Vote yes on issue 77. Issue 18. Let's call it. <laughs> Dennis laid there watching Steven sleep. And at that point, Dennis decided to murder Stephen. He later said, quote, I remember thinking that I wanted him to stay with me over the new year, whether he wanted to or not. Dennis grabbed a necktie, put it over Stephen's head, and choked him unconscious. 
Dennis then filled up a bucket with water and pushed Stephen's head in the water until Dennis was certain that he was dead. Dennis then pulled Stephen's body into the bathroom, hoisted him up onto the tub, and he washed Stephen's body, then carried him to bed, and then tucked him in with the blankets right up to Stephen's chin. Military style, like tucked mm. him in the bed. Creepy. I don't get the drowning part. Why not just strangle him and be done with it? Maybe it's easier to drown him at that point. Like, yo, you just got to hold his head under instead of like putting all that pressure. I guess. Maybe but... you don't want to bruise his neck as much yeah. if you're going to leave him to it later. Pristine condition. All right. But I don't think we see that moving forward. I think he tends to get maybe rougher with some of these people. But yeah, I'm just, just trying to think why you would do that. Yeah, just not, on his first kill, I find it odd that you would stop and then switch to a different MO there like that. I don't know. It's unusual. I think maybe it's a little bit of that, um, like how a lot of guys say it's a lot harder to kill people than they imagine. Mm. So maybe he strangling him was too hard, and that was like the first thing he thought of was just to drown him. That makes sense. So remember Son of Sam, he stabbed someone and he thought like in the they would just fall over and yeah. die like in the movies. Like, no, that's not what happens, you fucking idiot. Yeah. But, but it's it's go ahead, I'm sorry. But even when like with strangling and stuff, like you just get like into that, basic true crime, people are like, Yeah, it's way harder than I thought it was yeah. gonna be. Have we ever talked about someone who's changed their method of murder in the middle of their first murder? Like someone like maybe strangling and they're like, oh, fuck this. Where's my gun? Like this is too much. Which, I don't care if this gets messy. I just need to get this over with. I'm sure we have. I don't recall it, but that would just be something interesting. Yeah. Dennis is also one of those guys that doesn't like the act of killing. He gets nothing out of. You said that last week. Yeah. Out of it. Just the. He just wants the dead body. Yeah. Like Jeffrey. The ends justify the means or whatever. Well, at least he doesn't like it. He has one redeeming quality. Hmm. Does it because he has to do it? <laughs> he doesn't have to do it. Remember that when we get to the end of this episode and you guys talk about how this guy has no redeeming qualities. <laughs> he might have done the murders, but he didn't have to enjoy doing them. Well, he There's something to be bad. said about that. Death penalty? I don't think so. He did not enjoy the crime. He felt really bad doing it. He, he cooked for a lot of these guys, too. That's You don't see that every day. Mm-mm. That's a swell serial killer. <laughs> gonna cook you a meal let you watch Swell. tv let you drink his rum <laughs> before he kills you and jerks off on your corpse look people have been treated much worse they certainly have dennis sat there for a while staring at steven thinking about what his next move was going to be because he knew himself that he couldn't keep steven's body there forever so dennis walked to a nearby store and bought up and bought a large cooking pot and an electric carving knife when he got back to his flat, Dennis climbed in bed with Stephen and was intent on having sex with his corpse, but Dennis lost his erection when he felt that Stephen's body wasn't warm anymore. Very similar to Dahmer. They just want a, a body that won't mm. move, won't you know, talk. Yeah. I feel like there's good opportunity for like a private label Blue Chew necro formula. Keeps you hard when the body's not cold, <laughs> or when the body is too. <laughs> Come you on, know, you know some of our listeners would be buying that. Come on, it's <laughs> at least a couple out there. How are don't kid yourself? Blow up doll companies not capitalizing on this. There you go. Save a life, buy our blow up doll. Won't talk back. Can move however you want it. 
It'd be interesting. It's a good marketing campaign. We'll even send it to you, and like it's like one of those like uh, glow sticks. You can like snap, and then it lights up. When you get the the body, the the blow up dial, you can like snap it, and then like rigor mortis will kick in like a day later, <laughs> and then it'll start to like turn colors and get cold. Like it does the whole act oh of a God. of a dead body. Hey, if, if that saves one life, is it not worth it? Vote yes on issue sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that brought up before, like real dolls like how realistic they are mm. would that curb some of this a bit for some of these guys like the guys who don't get off on the murder yeah could that yeah it's the same argument for like fake digitized kitty porn like what it's not real what law yeah. are they really breaking and who are they harming should we let them have that because maybe it stops What's, them from like cartoon type stuff or like just fake faked kitty porn AI stuff. AI stuff. Oh, I'm sure that'll be a thing now. Yeah. Michael Jackson did his. Remember, he taped pictures over and he taped kids' pictures <laughs> for like a Sears fucking That's magazine. Right. I forgot about that. Well, it was it? <laughs> it was so creepy. Just don't even talk to me. He'll go away. <laughs> was it Epstein that had their pictures all over the walls? Yeah, he had young like the girls. Polaroids all over. Like I don't framed remember. art type photos. Yeah, I don't right? think they, they were just like straight up. Like digital photos. That's of what I mean. Girls. But they yeah. were actual photos of the women that he just had like up on his walls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Old egg dick. Like fourteen year old girls and shit. Oh, see, everybody yeah. does it. <laughs> everybody does it. Jesus, <laughs> ain't the only one. There's never, never land. Was he? <laughs> did we ever talk about Michael Jackson involved with with Epstein? No. Was there ever any connection with that? I don't think so. They ran in different circles. <laughs> different different pedophilia circles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Epstein Island would never mix with Neverland. Never, never, Neverland. The, like a civil war between <laughs> the pedos. <laughs> I just read Jizz uh, Lane's going to release some high-profile client names. I think I just read All right. eight to be exact to get out. Like, it, it, like, is she doing this for a reason? Didn't say. Maybe just to be vindictive. Not sure. More to come. Are they expecting some spicy names? Don't know. I just read headlines. Mm. Do you think it'll be as, <laughs> as spicy as Britney Spears' new book? Is it spicy? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, don't even get me started on that dipshit. I'm going to have to challenge him to a duel, I think. And then it came out that she had some kind of crazy sex with Colin Farrell. Yeah. I need to read about that. I've had that in my Amazon cart multiple times and i'm like uh, <laughs> should i do it should i buy it because it just came out what as we're recording this yesterday it was released was it yesterday yeah this was 24th today's the 25th yesterday was release day x i got my new jack reacher book yesterday so that sounds right so it was release day wonder yeah. how that wonder how they'll do in sales new jack reacher versus britney spears <laughs> memoir I'll tell you right now you're gonna feel bad about the book you bought mm, mine will be a number one bestseller so will britney's <laughs> well we'll see Oh, for sure it will be. It just might not last very long. <laughs> I think I'm going to get it and read it, though. My fear is actually that all the spicy parts have already come out in the news, and like the rest is just going to be boring. Like, growing up in Louisiana, I dreamed of being a pop star. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't wait to sing songs. And I'm like, all right, can you just talk about sucking Colin Farrell's dick now? <laughs> so I want to hear all about it. I think your fear is you fancy yourself a literary buff, and you don't want that trash on your bookshelf. That's what I think. Dave, <laughs> I have an entire shelf on my book or an entire shelf of books of like pro wrestling autobiographies. 
Motley Crue's The Dirt. You make a good point. Gene That's Simmons right. and Paul Stanley's books. <laughs> Britney would be just fine in that. <laughs> it's the bottom shelf behind my recliner, so you can't see it. And that well, is well It won't make out. it in any photos of your office. No. <laughs> or, you know, like, you, it just, you would have to zoom in and it would still be blurry. You would be able to tell. But no, I am not opposed to putting it on the bookshelf. All right, fair enough. Just wouldn't flaunt it. <laughs> All right, I'll buy it. You guys have convinced me. Do it. For the, good the of the, for the good of the show. So Stephen had started to turn blue and was cold to the touch. Dennis was disappointed and rolled Stephen off of the bed, covered him, covered him with a blanket, and then went to sleep. It's just a crazy mindset to be able to just go, go to sleep after this. Yeah, just like roll over and, and sleep. I just try to picture what the scene would be like if you were watching, I don't know, a closed circuit camera recording of these events it's just hard to imagine that this actually happened you know yeah like putting yourself in that room and first the murder and he tucks him in the bed <laughs> and he's trying to get a heart on and he just rolls him out of bed and goes to sleep it's unimaginable that you go <sighs> sleepy i'm gonna go to bed now with the corpse on the floor next i would to me. i'm not even sure i could go to sleep in a room where i know a person had died 50 years ago yeah i would weird, have trouble right? with that let alone i killed him i'm laying now in the spot where his body was oh and the body's still right next to me on the floor <laughs> i yeah i don't i don't know i don't know how someone can do that when dennis woke up the following day he made some food and watched tv still contemplating what exactly he was going to do with Stephen's body. He had bought the electric knife the night before, but he wasn't sold on that method of disposal. What the fuck are you going to do with an electric knife? Bone saw, motherfucker. <laughs> electric knives for carving your turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't think he was going to get very far <laughs> with that. Electric knife? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that the first time. Still, instead of trying to use the knife, Dennis tried to put Stephen under the floorboards of his flat. But he ran into another issue. Rigor mortis had set in, and Dennis couldn't fit Stephen down there. So he dragged the body, and since it was so stiff, he leaned it up against the wall. Went to bed. That was it. Jesus. Well, they call it a stiff for a reason, you know. <laughs> the following day, the limbs had loosened up a bit, and Dennis was able to push him down under the floorboards. Jeez. Dennis laid in bed at night, fantasizing about Stephen under his floorboards. He did this for a week, which that's another mind. Like I really tried to put myself in in Dennis's head when I was reading the book and and writing this and stuff. I don't know how you just lay there awake at night. You're like, you know, this body is under the floorboards right next to you, and you're just picturing it and just have, have staring you, at that spot in the floor, salivating, right. or have like you staring up at the ceiling, heart? just. Yeah dreaming about it have you read telltale heart the no uh -uh. yeah read it it's, yeah. it's exactly about that yeah okay and then like the person who who killed them and put them onto the floor like starts like imagining this person's alive and watching them and talking to them and coming back to get them through the floorboards okay it's really good it's just a short story but you should check that out that's a good analogy uh britney spears book purchased <laughs> by the way dave according to amazon it is the number one best-selling book currently is that right Again, I give it to the end of the month, but still, <laughs> let her have her moment. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> so Dennis did this for about a week before he gave in to his urges and then pulled Stephen out. Dennis was happy to see that decomposition hadn't really set in. 
Jesus so Christ. he so he took Stephen's body back to the bathroom and washed it again. Afterwards, Dennis masturbated over the body, then hung Stephen by his ankles upside down from the ceiling. Dennis went to bed that night, saying that he realized that there was no coming back from what he had been doing for about the past week. Mm. So he never like fucks the bodies. It's more just like either humping them or jerking off on them. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So in the morning when he woke up, Dennis doubled down and masturbated on Steven's body while it was still hanging upside down. It was the best and most poweringest cum I ever felt. (laughs) Is that live audio we got from him? It's weird. It's weird he has an American accent. I think it might be. He's trying to disguise his voice. And that's the best voice they could find. I don't know how anyone could hear that voice. Makes you want to rip my ears off. (laughs) That's another instance of Dennis going to sleep with all this going on. He's got the body hanging upside down. Just hanging from the ceiling. Just went to sleep. Like, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Like, what the fuck? That was a successful day. Now for a hard night's sleep. Like, like, do you wake up in the middle of the night and forget where you're at for a second and there's a corpse hanging upside down in your room? That's fucked up. I just must live in a different world than some people. I, I just don't know how that's possible. I don't think it's just you living in that world, pal. (laughs) I think most of us are in your world, and it's a very few select people that are in this fantasy world where they can do this shit. Mm. I just like to remind everyone he did not enjoy killing. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Thank you for reminding us. He probably didn't even see Steven as a real person anymore at this point. It was just an object. Yeah. That's fair. I would assume. Yeah. No death penalty for him. <laughs> Mike's rules apply. I think that's a fair statement. Dennis quit going out to bars. Last week we said that he was having one night stands with guys and getting blackout drunk every night, but now since Dennis had Steven, he didn't need to do that stuff. Dennis would keep Steven under the floorboards and bring him out for sexual purposes, then put him back under. This went on until August 10th, 1979. Stephen's body had significantly decomposed by this point, and logistically, it wasn't working anymore. That's eight months later. <laughs> significantly, I think, is probably an understatement. What does that body look like? And he's been, probably been using this all the time, oh. right? If he's not going out to the bars. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Like, does he come home from work and he's like, hmm, Stephen <laughs> coming out tonight? He probably walks in the door. He's like, I smell you, Steven. Oh, my God. I can't can't even imagine that smell. Yeah, he said that he would put, like, deodorant Mm. bars down there. I don't know what what a deodorant bar means exactly. Oh, my God. Like, if it's for real, just deodorant, he just throws down in there. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the version of, like, an air freshener or something. Eight, eight, eight months is a long fucking time. Man. Eight Very days time. would be a long time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Please continue. <laughs> I guess. Continue if you want. We also talked last week that Dennis had negotiated with the landlord to have sole access to the garden in the back of the property. There was a privacy fence around the property, and the nearest neighbor didn't really come outside much. However, to be safe... Dennis started having casual bonfires out back so that when he burned Stephen's body, 
it wouldn't be weird that he was just randomly having a fire. After about a week or so of having nightly fires without being questioned, Dennis dismembered Stephen's body, placing the parts in separate garbage bags, then went out back and burned them. Like, how big is this fire? Like, I always thought it had to be about 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit to burn a body. A huge fire. It has to be. A massive bonfire that should have raised questions, you would think, but nobody, just no one gave a shit. I think we posted a picture of this house as a teaser pic last week, and it's, it's a city block. He's not on an estate out in the countryside somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, Unless it went back further, though, like the property that he was just away from the house and people just didn't. I guess maybe, but just having a bonfire that size in a neighborhood like that seems odd. He talked about how every once in a while, when he was doing these fires like this, the kids, like neighborhood kids, would walk up and want to hang out, and he would tell them to get the <laughs> fuck out of there. <laughs> so it, yeah, I mean, what? it wasn't like it was a remote thing that he was doing. There were people that saw him burning. Yeah. Do we know what people like thought of him, like neighbors and stuff? Like, I know he's he's kind of a drunk, but he's also very shy because he's trying to hide his homosexuality. Like, did people look at him as like, oh, there's that weirdo? Or is he just like, oh, that's the quiet guy who lives over there? The quiet guy who lives over there. Yeah. And minds his business. In the whole time. So maybe they didn't care then. They're like, he doesn't bother anybody. Hmm. He just likes his garden. And he's at his job now where he's the at the job center where finding unemployed people work. Everybody at work liked him. Hmm. They knew he was quiet, but they didn't have any issues with him. I wonder if people thought he was just barbecuing. Like, it smells. That smells. That generates a smell. Yeah, you would think so. Like, burning Do you flesh? think yeah. if it was so decomposed, would it smell just as bad, worse, or the same as... Like what we would think of? That's a good question. Barbecuing rotted meat? So a lot of what he was burning were, it was flesh, but a lot of it was bone. The, like this is kind of, this is gruesome, but the internal organs, he had those in separate plastic bags and pushed those through the fence so that animals would eat them, like raccoons or whatever is out there. wow. So he didn't burn everything. He had animals eating some of it. He must have did a good job and got rid of everything and just turned to ash. Not like that fuckwit Stephen Avery who would love <laughs> bone fragments when he killed and burned that girl. He left the fucking cell phone in there, too. Yeah, Every time you guys bring that shit up, that's the uh, making a murderer. Yeah. Do you know how many requests yeah. we get to fucking cover that show? Yeah. We'll get to it someday. People want to hear your shitty opinions on that yeah. one. I'm just kidding. I don't. He's 100 percent guilty. There's your show, <laughs> without a doubt, guilty. And again, it's exactly he's the where he main character. His brother, who might have been intellectually disabled, nephew, who nephew. nephew, who's like the wrestling fan, yeah, was also probably guilty. But S- Stephen might have forced him to kind of do it. Or do we just wait till we do the episode? We can hold off judgment on the brand and the nephew. Okay. I'll have to watch it, I guess, before we do that show. How many episodes is it? Seven or too many. That's how many. (laughs) That's a commitment. Too many. There's a new one out. Then they did like a sequel to it, right? Well, there were two of the original ones, but now there's a counterpoint one out that shows you actually how guilty he was and focuses on a lot of the stuff. Did you watch that one? I have not. 
So we'll have to maybe I'll watch mm. both before we ever actually do that show. Yeah. I wonder if our listeners know that because they all seem to a lot of them seem to disagree with you guys. Wow. But you guys said that the wrong. <laughs> making of the murderer was very biased and very it showed you half the story. I believe it did. Yeah. Based on my extensive research after the. Oh, fact. so you don't even know that you're just assuming that what? it that it showed half the story. No, it's sh- it left oh, out okay. a lot of stuff yeah. that. Uh, <clears throat> That was very pertinent to the case. <laughs> yes. Okay. A lot. I have a feeling I will end up agreeing with you guys. I'm just going to wait to watch it till we're yeah. going to do the show. Sorry, I brought that up again. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. that inbox is already clicking. I can hear it right now. The other thing Dennis would do a lot with the when he had these fires is he would get a rake, a metal rake, and he would really go through the ashes mm. and make sure that that bones were gone. Smart. He had it thought out. How long does that take? How long does it take to burn bone? Like, is he out there all night long? A couple hours at least, I think. Yeah. At a very high temperature. Like, crematoriums are an hour and a half, two hours at 1,800 degrees, I think. Maybe. Maybe maybe it's five seconds. I don't know. I think I read that. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis went back to life as normal after Stephen's remains were gone. Which life was normal for Dennis for about two months until his fantasies took over again. On October 11th, 1979, Dennis was out drinking at the bar when he met a Chinese transfer college student named Andrew Ho. The two hit it off and Dennis invited Andrew back to his flat. Once they got there, Andrew threw out the suggestion that they do some bondage stuff. Andrew said that he was into it and asked Dennis what he thought about it. For some reason, Dennis got cold feet and told Andrew that he wasn't interested in anything sexual. He just wanted company. Platonic, baby. Platonic. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew pushed further and Dennis agreed. Dennis tied Andrew's ankles together and then put a necktie around his neck. Dennis pulled back super hard, like killing hard, not fun bondage which caused Andrew to start screaming. Dennis let go, and Andrew ran out the door and straight to the police. However, Andrew got second thoughts due to embarrassment, and he backpedaled on pressing charges, and nothing came of the incident. Because remember, too, we talked about how homosexuality was illegal. Yeah, Yeah. So, you know, pressing charges as a man sexually assaulted by another man. Not gonna get very far. Yeah. Or much sympathy with the authorities. You're going to get made fun of, and we'll see that later on in this episode. So I I don't think Dennis can get involved in bondage because he doesn't know, like he doesn't know when to stop. Like he can't play choke somebody. (laughs) He's just going to tear their fucking head off, right? It's not. He's like, like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's not. He can't. He's got to stay away from that. Dennis isn't. He doesn't know what the safe word is. That's right. He doesn't know that concept. The safe word is killing me. Have you heard some of our listener sex stories? I don't think some of our listeners know what safe words are. (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.com slash NecronomonPod. On December 3rd, 1979, so a little less than two months later, Dennis met 23-year-old Kenneth Ockaden at a pub. This was the middle of the afternoon. Dennis had a hard day at work and was like, fuck it, I'm leaving early to go drink. Not that hard of a day at work. Sounds like a perfect day at work. <laughs> really honest about things. Dennis and Kenneth hit it off, and Kenneth was kind of on the same path that day. He was planning to drink well into the night. 
At some point, Dennis said, we should go back to my place for a bit. I'll make us some food, then we can go back out to the bars. Fish and chips at the pub, man. Why are you leaving? It's the best. Sounds pretty damn good. Come on. Sucker move. (laughs) (laughs) So they walked back to Dennis's flat, and he made food. And as they were hanging out, the two decided to just get a bunch of beer and some liquor from the corner store and just drink at Dennis's flat. They drank the rest of the night and listened to music, which a lot of that was done through headphones. Um, I'm very guilty of listening to music through headphones and kind of being an elitist. I'm not really making fun of. Is it an elitist or are you just polite and you don't want to make everyone else listen to what you're listening to? Uh, oh, he's an elitist for sure. Okay. Dennis is an elitist. Like if we were in the yeah. same room and <laughs> you put on headphones, listen to music, I'm like, oh, I appreciate that. That's a swell guy. <laughs> well, yeah, like when you're with strangers. But like but like if you're just sitting by yourself and you're just listening to headphones. Is that elitist? I, I didn't, I don't, I guess uh, I never thought about it. I just see it as, oh, you can put it a lot louder if it's right there in your ears. Dennis is doing the thing where he's listening to vinyl uh-huh. with headphones and you don't get the same experience if you listen to it any other way. That So he's thinking thing. it's, you have to listen to it this way. Hoity toity. This is how you do it. Pinkies out type right. stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah, fuck people like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dennis is doing that kind of stuff. Is that how it is? You have that premium Apple music thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, but you said the sound is incredible. I love that. The Dolby. The lossless audio. Yeah. Or the, the uh, what do they call it on Apple? The uh, spatial. Yeah, the Dolby Atmos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really... Uh, is that when they come really in your cool. ears? Like it's not a facial, <laughs> yeah. it's a spatial. It's like it. <laughs> The lossless, though, is sweet, too. Mm. But you have to have wired headphones for that. Mm. So while Kenneth was listening to music with headphones on, Dennis came from behind and wrapped the cord around his neck and strangled Kenneth to death. This was a really chaotic scene. Number one, from what we've talked about on the show and talked about earlier, it's really hard to strangle someone. So this took a minute, and it was a significant struggle to kill Kenneth with headphones. Number two, Dennis's dog Bleep was barking like crazy during all of this. Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> well, there we go. He'd be awesome if he barked like that. He didn't. Uh, he didn't untie it and drown him. So there you go. Went through the full strangle this time. He's learning. Yeah, learning the craft. Once Kenneth was dead, Dennis took Bleep for a walk to calm him down. Oh, bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah, that works. <laughs> I could have faded out. <laughs> He's calm now, Bleep. He's all fucking worked up. He's watching the only thing noise, the only noise Bleep makes is Bleep, 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 Bleep. Could you imagine the shit that Bleep witnessed? Because he was right there yeah, for all this man. stuff. Tell us what you saw, Bleep. <laughs> bleep, 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 Bleep. <laughs> They should have brought in the people who used to listen to Lassie. Lassie could talk to them, right? Maybe they can understand Bleep. The Bleep Whisperer. Yeah. (laughs) Once they got back after this walk, which was about 15 minutes, Dennis sat down, poured himself a glass of rum, and put on his headphones to listen to the music that Kenneth had been listening to. Once the record was done, Dennis pulled Kenneth into the bathroom, washed his body, and tucked him into bed, and then fell asleep next to him. 
<laughs> Dennis wearing like a sleeping, like a nightcap. <laughs> I think I actually, it's funny you said that because I thought about that earlier when we were talking about him tucking in, uh, who the, well, Steven, was it the first victim? Yeah. Like, I always thought that was the coolest thing for cartoons that have those big nightgowns with a sleeping cap. <laughs> and I was like, I want one of those. <laughs> like, Dennis still- probably wore PJs, like the button up ones oh, and stuff. 100%. I'm fucking dork. <laughs> <laughs> gotta sleep naked like a real man i, I can't sleep naked that's no that's not very comfortable i lied mm-hmm. to make myself look cool there no yeah t-shirt for sure i can't even sleep with them on my shirt on. t-shirt and shorts that's what i do yeah yeah my bowling branch uh sheets well, <laughs> they didn't come with bowling brand uh or bowl, what is it bowling branch bowling branch bowling branch my five former presidents yeah <laughs> they didn't come with bowling branch pajamas that like go with the sheets they did not no huh. you got ripped off pal as much as you paid for those things you should have came with some pajamas like look five former presidents sleep on bowling branch <laughs> sheets hmm. allegedly probably republicans <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> The following morning, Dennis stuffed Kenneth's body into a cupboard and went to work. After work, Dennis stopped at the store and bought a Polaroid camera. When he got home, he pulled Kenneth out from the cupboard and dressed. He's in the cupboard? Yeah, it's like a... That's what I... Like, Like cupboards are very, like, short. Like, you have to, like, bend him in around the... Uh... It's bigger. It's like a, a mix between a wardrobe, like a standing wardrobe, uh, right. and a... In a cupboard. I like thinking it my way better. It's just kind of funny. Like, like a he's, kitchen, like just yeah, like a small kitchen thing. cupboards, but like they're like all connected in the back. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's just like in there with like the the box of Chex Mix. <laughs> he's looking for sugar. He's opening it. Nope, that's his head. Nope, that's fucking... his feet. Like the Indian in the cupboard fit, but he was like twelve inches tall. I don't. Right. I don't think this guy's gonna fit in there. I never. Re- I think I did read that book as a kid, but the one that was based on the movie they made, mm. the kids' movie. Like early 90s, maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyways, doesn't matter. So Dennis pulled him out, dressed Kenneth's body in a tank top, underwear, and socks, and then sat him down in a chair. Dennis posed Kenneth's body in various positions, taking Polaroid pictures of him while talking to Kenneth like he was still alive. We get a Bernie shit going on here. <laughs> right. What the fuck? Dennis then grabbed Kenneth's body got on the bed and pulled it on top of him. So Kenneth's body is on top of Dennis. Dennis is face-to-face talking to Kenneth. I don't know if he's dry-humping him or pulling Kenneth up and down on him or what, but Dennis gets off and then put Kenneth under the floorboards. Something wrong here. <laughs> this is this is Certainly nightmare is. fucking fuel, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's oh, terrifying. Oh my god. Imagine being bleeped. Like what he, that dog was with his head's like cocked to the side, <laughs> looking right. at him with his ears down, like, what the fuck? But he's like, of all the people that could have owned me, why am I here? <laughs> Maybe I should run away. Couldn't have drunk in the corner that kicked his dog in the head every day? (laughs) Couldn't he have adopted me instead? He's like, I could run away. He's like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) I don't really want to go down all the steps. I'll just stay here. (laughs) He's like, whatever. If he ever tries to fuck me, I'll bite him. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a time of transition, a time of change. Summer is coming to an end and fall is here. 
With that comes new routines, changing weather, and yes, football season. Does the stress from any of this keep you up at night? Does your brain start talking the minute it touches your pillow? Do your thoughts start racing at inopportune times? Back-to-school routines can be difficult to manage. The cold weather can become a burden. Shorter, busier days can often cause us to question our choices and decision-making process. It turns out, one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk through them. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative cycle and find some mental and emotional peace. Therapy can be beneficial in helping us learn about ourselves, which in turn gives us the ability to calm our brain down and keep those racing thoughts in check. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and with that extra confidence, nothing can hold you back. So, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Necro. For weeks, Dennis would pull Kenneth's body out from under the floor and put him in the chair and watch TV with Kenneth like he was alive. Dennis tried to relive that first night with Kenneth. Like He would put on the headphones and listen to the same music, but he said it disgusted him. Like when you break up with somebody or something you don't <laughs> you don't want to listen to those songs anymore like you shared with them that's what was going on here and dennis smashed oh all those records God. where are you <laughs> and i'm so sorry i cannot sleep i cannot dream tonight maybe if he didn't kill him they could hang out and watch tv every night i mean <laughs> that's just not that's, how it works that my is friend. also very interesting like did he ever think about just having like a friend yeah. Or like having a relationship. I mean, I know he's afraid to have a, a relationship with another man, but he's DTF at least. Like he's meeting yeah. these guys at bars and banging them. Like if you're nice to them, they might come back the next night and uh, you could watch TV and you, they'd still be alive. And they could talk back to you. Which just makes me think, no, it's more just that fetish of he wants them dead with him. Mm. Right? Like that was stronger than... Than the the loneliness no, or the need for a friendship. With no opportunity to leave. Complete control over them. Yeah. That's it's like friendship and companionship on his terms. Yeah. Yeah, everything needs to be on his terms. Yeah. On May 17th, 1980, Dennis was coming home from a work conference when he met 16-year-old Martin Duffy at a train station. Martin was from a troubled home and he had some learning issues. Martin also had behavioral issues, and as a result, he regularly saw a psychologist. Martin didn't have much parental support, so the psychologist kind of took on that role a bit. The psychologist figured out that Martin was really good at cooking and paid for him to take a culinary course. Once Martin graduated that course, he received a set of chef knives engraved with his name. When Dennis Nelson met him, Martin had those knives with him because he was headed to Birkenhead to inquire about a potential cooking job, but instead he ran into Dennis. Boy, the randomness of life, right? Mm-hmm. Of anybody you could talk to that day. Jesus. Yeah. It's always amazing, just the randomness of things. 
Think about that next time you go to the grocery store, folks. <laughs> Enjoy your day. <laughs> it's exciting, too, though. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Can you? I want all of our listeners to think about this. One of you right now listening to this is probably a future episode of Necronomapod. Happy Sunday. <laughs> Always good with the uplifting thought, Mike. <laughs> That'll help downloads. That. <laughs> That'll bring them in. <laughs> Martin fell for Dennis's offer of drinks and listening to music and agreed to go back to Dennis's flat. Martin passed out after drinking a couple beers and once asleep, Dennis strangled the boy unconscious. Dennis pulled Martin over to the kitchen sink, filled it with water, and then pushed Martin's head in until he drowned. No, back to that, huh? It's a very odd way to kill someone. I agree. Oh, I find that so strange. Once Martin was dead, Dennis dragged his body to the bathroom where he washed the body. He then ran himself a bath. So Dennis ran himself a bath, got in, and did the same thing he did with Kenneth's body. Dennis pulled Martin's body on top of him and took a bath face-to-face with Martin on top of him. Talk about a bath bomb, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck. (laughs) That's so gross. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't you expel a lot of shit when you're dead, when you die? Well, in all fairness, that's why he's bathing him. Yes, that's fair. Maybe just don't be in the tub with him. (sighs) Yeah, none of that's happening. It's... This is after. It's a clean situation. Like, right. As clean as it can be, I guess. Right. Again, that's just the the visual of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's hard like... for your fucking brain to imagine that scenario. It doesn't seem real. It, it seems just like a made-up horror movie. Like a horror thing. movie, right. Yeah. Afterwards, Dennis laid Martin's body on the bed, masturbated on it. And... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it doesn't stop. <laughs> that clip just that went on a little too long. There's something wrong here. That was like three seconds longer than the average guy can last. Right, guys? I'm pretty sure. That was really long. Ooh-wee. I played it for six seconds. He must have worn some numbing cream or something. Oh my God. Dennis threw away all of Martin's belongings, but he kept the chef knives. That had Martin's name on them. Smart. In August of 1980, William Sutherland, age 26, needed a job, so he went to the job center that Dennis worked at. It was towards the end of the day, so Dennis was like, you know, let's go to the bar and keep talking about the employment options that I have for you. At the end of the night, Dennis said goodnight and headed home. William stopped Dennis and asked him for a place to stay. He was down on his luck, and he didn't have anywhere to go. To which Dennis said yes. Once they got back to Dennis's flat, Dennis strangled William with his hands and then put him under the floorboards with Kenneth and Martin. Later on in August, Dennis pulled all three bodies out from under the floorboards and laid them out on his kitchen floor. Dennis stood over his victims drinking glass after glass of rum, which I'd never heard of drinking just straight rum before i didn't know that was a thing There's sipping rums is there i don't love them if you're a pirate that's what you do all day every day <laughs> also that i just always think of like rum and coke like you just mix it with stuff mm. or pina colada the sipping rums are definitely better than like the captains and sailor jerry type stuff but it's not i always struggle with what i dislike more of that or tequila I think I like I dislike rum more. 
Mm. Like if you were going to put a shot in front of me, I think I'd rather it be tequila. Mm, that's a tough one. I, I'm, Neither I'm one. I'm real big on sipping rum. I don't know. No, I'm not. I don't ever. I don't like tequila though. And I would drink tequila like in a margarita more often than I would have a rum and coke. I would sip rum before tequila. Oh, but I was talking about a shot. Like sipping, I would probably do rum over tequila. Yeah. But a, just a quick shot, I would do tequila. I think. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Dennis is like a raging alcoholic. Like Sounds we're like talking it. about like that size glass filled up. It's a rocks glass, is what Ian pointed at. Not like it's a, an audio show, Ian. <laughs> not a happy drinking or cat like a nervous, like just looking at these dead bodies and chugging drum. <laughs> you have you well, can't do it all so fairness. Burn. If I was in that situation, <laughs> yeah. I'd probably non be nonstop drunk. I'd be streaming heroin into my veins <laughs> all day, every day, if that's what I was up to. I guess that was how it was. But he was doing, he was a drunk before this, though. Yeah. I'm sure it ramped up even more, though, when he had to start coping with the fact yeah. that, that he was killing. Yeah. Right you are. Give me more rum. <laughs> <laughs> it's an actual clip from a pirate. Pirate drink. <laughs> so Dennis would, you know, he would chug a glass of rum masturbate over the bodies chug more rum do it again it was Ooh. just this back and forth rinse and repeat motherfucker <laughs> the thought of just sipping rum in general makes me like instantly gag mm. can't do it after he was done using martin's knives dennis dismembered all three bodies he boiled each of the heads to strip them down to the skull then he filled plastic bags and old suitcases with everything else he did the internal organ thing again where you like put it out back for animals <laughs> i mean it's smart i don't know dennis stored all of this in the shed near his garden and he was so confident that no one would go in that shed um you know because part of the deal was the garden was his he didn't lock the door he just closed it and walked away very brazen out of sight out of mind yeah a la our friend jerry brudos yeah but you always have to account for, I don't know, strange occurrences that could happen. Like the police are chasing a criminal and he jumps your fence and someone stumbles upon it. it seems dumb. Like regardless of whether yeah, you, you, no one goes in your shed or not. But why would you be so with, sloppy? We see this with everybody though, right? Yeah. They just get cocky, untouchable. So sloppy. There has to be part of that, I think, at this point when you've been able to have three bodies in your floorboards for an extended period of I guess. time. Sam, we said it before, you just feel untouchable after Like a, a while. year in, right? Like mm. he's, it's been a year and he's able to just put these bodies in his floorboards, dig them up, fuck them, jerk off on them. I, I guess to be fair, you're not really in your right mind. So maybe <laughs> this is the least odd thing that he's doing is just leaving his shed unlocked, I guess. <laughs> When you, when you look at it that way. <laughs> He's fucking a corpse for eight months as it's rotting in his floorboards. So. There are bigger the fish to fry yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> the first question I would ask him would certainly not be, why'd you leave the shed unlocked? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> well, you know. Hmm. The next series of victims, Dennis can't... We don't know the names of, of these victims. He could just... They were unidentified, and he could only give some details. So September of 1980, 
all that Dennis could remember about his fifth victim was that he was a tall Irish laborer with rough hands who wore an old suit, jacket, and shoes. Dennis estimated his height to be between 5 feet 9 inches and 5 feet 10 inches, and his age was somewhere between 27 and 30. He had met this victim at the Cricklewood Arms Pub. It's like a favorite spot of Dennis's. Yeah, it sounds like it. How big was Dennis? Dennis is a skinny guy. He seems dainty. No one was yeah. ever able to overpower him. He doesn't seem like the toughest guy, and he's not. He's always getting him drunk, though, and maybe the way, as much as he yeah. drinks, he's giving them the same, because we're going to see some of these people are passing out pretty quick. Is that what it is? They're always just passed out. Maybe, and he he's just takes advantage of that. Really overpowering them. They're always just... They're slightly passed out. Right. He just gets behind him and starts choking them. Yeah, that's fair. By then, he's already got the advantage. Yeah. I'll buy that. October 1980, uh, Dennis described this victim as a slender male sex worker, approximately 5 feet 10 inches, between 20 and 30 years old. Uh, he was of either Filipino or Mexican descent. Dennis met, and Dennis met this victim at the Salisbury Arms Pub. Kind of describe Mike and so you got the Filipino part. Slender male sex worker. <laughs> well, that's not bad. It's been a right? long time someone called me slender. I'll take that. <laughs> sex worker, yes. Technically, I do get paid for my cucks across America. See? Can't argue that. November of 1980, this victim was described by Dennis as being an English drifter in his 20s who he found sleeping in a doorway. According to Dennis, he was emaciated with pale skin and had several missing teeth. Dennis and the young man took a taxi to Dennis's flat, and the victim was strangled to death while he slept. Interesting detail about some of these unidentified ones is later on, Dennis said he made some of them up, that he hmm. fantasized about them so much that he just... Tulpas. Like... <laughs> tricked himself i think he's full of shit on that mm. but i don't i don't know why he you think he's full of shit i'm saying that he made some of these up yeah that he actually did do all of the, the committed all these murders i think so yeah mm. it's weird we'll get into that later i guess yeah on november 10th 1980 dennis was out drinking at the golden lion pub with a group of people that he knew from the gay bar scene when 26 year old douglas stewart joined in on their conversation once closing time rolled around, Dennis suggested that everyone go back to his flat, but everyone was tired except for Douglas. Once they got back to Dennis's flat, they drank a solid amount of beer and listened to music. Eventually, Dennis got in bed and asked Douglas to join him, but Douglas said no and fell asleep in a chair. A couple hours later, Douglas woke up to being strangled by Dennis with a necktie. <laughs> But that's fun to wake up to. <laughs> At least you woke up, right? Jeez. <clears throat> Douglas was able to wrestle himself away from Dennis and fled the apartment to a payphone to call the police. The police arrived and talked to Dennis, but like in Dahmer's case, they chalked it up to a gay lover's fight that was funny to them because, you know, it was that immature mindset of gay guys are gross, laugh about it, and they just left and no mm. investigation took place. Could have stopped them there. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs>
By December of 1980, Dennis had three unidentified victims under his floorboards and the bodies of William, Kenneth, and Martin dismembered in suitcases stored out in the shed by the garden. He decided that um, it was time to get rid of all the remains for good. It, it was starting to get overwhelming to him. Like this was really piling up. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Using Martin's chef knives, Dennis dismembered the three unidentified victims and put everything in the plastic bags and then put all the bags back under the floorboards. When nightfall came, Dennis went out to the garden and started a fire. He put down wood, all of the remains, so the plastic bags, the suitcases, some more wood, and then two old tires. The thought was that burning the rubber would mask the smell of burning human remains, which it probably did a pretty good it job. Probably it probably did, yeah. So there we go. See, now he's thinking. <laughs> Using the old noggin. Smart little trick. Except the whole neighborhood's going to be full of black smoke, though. You would imagine somebody would be like, what the fuck what are, you, are doing? you doing? Yeah. I would if someone in my neighborhood was burning tires. Like, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with it's you? Environmental disaster. <laughs> <laughs> different times, different place. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Is it common in London to just burn tires? <laughs> Are you allowed to do that? I, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm Probably not. No. But clearly, nobody thought much of it. That's a big black smoke fire when you burn tires. Maybe he was cutting the tires up. Just putting them in their pieces. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe he was real doing a real smart. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know. I mean, it's better than burning flesh smell, I guess. But <laughs> Afterwards, Dennis went through the ashes with a metal rake to make sure that everything was 100% gone. You hear that, Stephen Avery? You fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> and once he was in the clear... Dennis went and took a shower. From there, he walked to a pub, had a one-night stand with some random guy, and then went to sleep with a huge weight off his shoulders. Like, everything is good in the world. Ah, <laughs> restart! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Looking good, feeling good, conquering the world tomorrow. One month later. <laughs> <laughs> January of 1981. It's another unidentified victim. This was his ninth one. Dennis described him as a 18-year-old blue-eyed Scott with blonde hair who was wearing a green tracksuit. Well, he's not unidentified. His name was Scott. <laughs> <laughs> he met him at the Golden Lion Pub in Soho, and he, for some reason, remembered specifically January 12th was the day that he dismembered this body. Might have been on his calendar. February 1981, another unidentified victim. Dennis couldn't remember much about this victim other than the fact that he was originally from Belfast, was slim, dark-haired, in his early 20s, approximately 5 feet 9 inches tall. He had met this victim somewhere in the West End after the pubs had closed. This victim was strangled with a necktie, and his body was put under the floorboards in Dennis's flat. You know the pubs close at 11 in London? Really? Isn't that weird? Not early. Except for the after hours places, but yeah. Yeah. I guess I I, I forgot that, but I, I now that you say that I, I remember Yeah, everything shuts down early. Well, they gotta get a good sleep so they can wake up and drink for breakfast. <laughs> I guess that's right. <laughs> that's what I did when I was there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's probably pretty smart. You're not tempted to stay till two AM. <laughs> that is really early. It is, yeah. Oh, they get their drinking in. 
<laughs> they do indeed. They get their drinking in. April of 1981, Dennis met his 11th victim, who he said was a muscular, young, English skinhead, approximately 20 years old, at a food truck. Dennis lured him back to his flat with the promise of more food and alcohol. He said this guy had a black leather jacket on and a tattoo on his neck that said, cut here. And he was bragging about how tough he was and how he liked to fight. After strangling him with a necktie and dismembering him, Dennis hung this victim's torso in his bedroom for 24 hours before placing the torso with the rest of the body under the floorboards. Which that, that's a new twist on things. Just a dismembered corp torso hanging. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is something. Well, he's up in the ante again. I think back in 1981, mm. was it their actual food trucks going around? Or was this more of like a like a hot dog cart type thing? Uh, this was, I can't remember the the English term that, the, that this was, but when I Googled, it was like food stall, maybe? Mm. When I Googled it, it showed like food truck or like when you're at, at a fair, you know, and there's like... Like a little stand that kind of sets up there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's probably smart. Wait outside the pubs. 11 o'clock comes around. Everyone's coming out hungry. Smart. I'm pretty sure it was called a food stall. Okay. So I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look that up. Mm. Good investigatory. Yeah, that's good work. I try. I like it. <laughs> we have a very clear picture of it now. <laughs> that really glues the story that's together right. for that's me, right. at least. Very important aspect. Just kind of think about where he met the skinhead. <laughs> at 7.30 a.m. on September 17th, 1981, Dennis left for work. But as he was walking out of his flat, he noticed 23-year-old Malcolm Barlow sitting against a wall down the street from Dennis's flat. Malcolm suffered from seizures and had been in and out of mental health facilities. And at the time, he resorted to sex work to make money. Dennis walked up and asked Malcolm if everything was all right, to which Malcolm replied that his seizure medication sometimes made him unable to walk, so he was just sitting down to regroup. Dennis helped Malcolm up and walked him back to his flat. He made Malcolm a cup of coffee and called the paramedics to come pick Malcolm up. The following day, Dennis came home from work to find Malcolm sitting by his front door. Dennis invited him in where Dennis cooked them some food and they watched TV. Dennis started drinking some rum and Malcolm asked for some, but Dennis told him, you know, it's going to fuck with your medication, so I'm not going to give you any. That's nice of him. He's looking out for him. Yeah, Dennis is just randomly yeah, good for Dennis. doing weird. a good thing. Yeah. Malcolm assured Dennis that he could have a couple drinks. It wouldn't be a problem. So Dennis gave in and poured him a glass of rum. After two drinks, Malcolm passed out. Dennis sat there and debated on what to do. His He said that his gut feeling was to call for help again and get somebody out there to pick Malcolm up. But Dennis gave in to his fantasies instead and strangled Malcolm to death. Mm. Do you think the fact that he wasn't going to give him alcohol means he really didn't have an intention of killing him? Like we said, where the alcohol was kind of the way he would weaken them. Maybe this was going to be one. He just wanted to help this guy for whatever reason. I, it sounds like it. And then once he pushed, he was like, all right, have a drink. Like is the passed out guy his, his trigger? Like when he sees him passed out? 
That's how I kind of look at this one. Like I don't think, that are yeah, he lucid. didn't target this. This guy was just sitting outside of his apartment and he decided to help him. Mm-hmm. Excuse he, me, his flat, his flat. <laughs> That's right. Kenneth was the one that was alive. That was the guy that was listening to the headphones. Oh, that's right. And that was a really big struggle, and Bleep was barking and everything else, so maybe he... No more of that. Yeah, we just wait till they're passed out. Do you think he had, like, the angel and the devil on both his shoulders telling him, (laughs) Kill him! Kill him! Fuck him! (laughs) No, call the ambulance! Call the ambulance! (laughs) No, strangle him! Fucking chop him up and put him in the floorboard! Fuck them, fuck them now, fuck them. That's what it sounds like. I'm I guessing so. that's what happened, yeah. And I like to think of it as like the cartoon version where like the angel and the devil are both him, but one's dressed up like the angel. And oh, absolutely, like yeah. And they're just, you know, going back and forth. That's what happened, for sure. Hmm. Interesting moral dilemma that he was uh, going through there. Is it dangerous? He seems to... Kill these people even when there's been witnesses that can place them together. Like if somebody was looking for him and they talked to the paramedics, wouldn't they say, well, yeah, we last saw him with this guy. Maybe go talk to him if you're looking for them. Yeah. Or, or, it just seems careless, like like everything else he's yeah, done. Yeah, and everyone he meets at the bar. I'm sure people can place them together as leaving. Oh, yeah, yeah we going saw home with these guys. Exactly. But yet no one ever... Maybe no one was looking for these guys. That's what no we haven't gotten into much of like were these people being looked for? Were they part of a population like we've talked about before where the police are just like, eh, it happens. Even if people did report them missing, the police weren't actively That's wrong. engaged I, I'm just in saying, trying yeah, to find I don't them, know. perhaps. I don't know. You would think it wouldn't be hard to get to him, at least on a couple of these. Exactly. And then if, you, if finger, fingers are pointing to him on a couple, mm-hmm. now you're on to something. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, it's very similar to Dahmer, that where the the gay community, uh, you know, coming through these gay bars, it's very transient, mm-hmm. and people aren't. Uh, All right. It's just very, very low key. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody wants to stand out or draw attention. Right. All right. And because it's tr- transient, it's easy to for someone just to disappear. Yeah. Especially in the late or in the early eighties, there's not a lot of you know, social media or whatever. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. I'll abide by that. <laughs> <laughs> Later on in September of nineteen eighty one, Dennis's landlord told him about a new property five miles away because he thought Dennis might be interested in it. The landlord drove Dennis out to 23 Cranley Gardens in Muscle Hill, and Dennis accepted the offer immediately. This was a house that had been split up into an apartment building. So aside from Dennis, there were four other tenants living there. The ground floor was divided into two flats, one belonging to Jim Alcock and his girlfriend, Fiona Bridges. The other one was to a dental nurse from New Zealand named Vivian McStay, and a social worker from Holland named Monique Van Ruder. The first floor was completely empty, and Dennis would be taking the small attic flat at the very top of the house. Why would he want to do that? Doesn't it seem like a lot harder to get people in and out or dispose? And... He's losing his garden and his shed and his burning area. It doesn't make sense. Isn't it hard to put stuff under the floorboards in the attic? Well, you would think at <laughs> least like there might be seepage yeah. or smells. All right, this does not sound like a good plan. Dave's all upset. He's like, what the fuck? You're going to blow it, man. What are you doing? 
All right, well, let's see where this goes. Dennis went home to start packing, and on October 4th, 1981, he had one last fire. He burnt Malcolm's remains as well as any furniture and other items that he didn't want to take with him to the he's new flat. He's burning his furniture now. <laughs> yeah, he's like fucking taking chairs the out there. Fuck? <laughs> well, do you want to move it, Dave? I mean, come on. Oh, I would burn my couch before I want to move it. <laughs> exactly. 100%. Fucking, I'll buy a new one. They'll deliver it. <laughs> the following day, Dennis got together the little bit that he was taking to the Cranley Gardens put bleep in the car and headed out. He swore that this was going to be a fresh start for him. He was going to stop drinking, stop with the one night stand, stop killing. And then on November 23rd, 1981, he met 19-year-old Paul Nobbs. Did not last very long mm. for Dennis. It lasted one paragraph <laughs> right in my outline. <laughs> on that afternoon, Dennis was drinking at the Golden Lion Pub. He likes the Golden Lion, huh? There are lots of golden lions. He free, he frequents the same places a lot. Mm. I went to a couple red lion pubs in London. Tasty, not, not a golden lion one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the ale. Okay, red lion pub, red lion pub. <laughs> <laughs> Where it was gold lion pub like with those gay bars that he would go to typically? I don't think so. No. Like, but there, he was part of the gay like scene, it. but then he would just also go to these other bars yeah. just to fucking get blacked out. And I don't know, you know, what the the way was back then to tell if who was gay and who wasn't. You know, like Jim Jones did that whole foot tap thing, like when he went to that theater, mm. like everyone was aware of it, like the certain foot mm. tap meant. Hmm. So I I don't know. Because it just doesn't seem like a time where you could just come on to someone either. Like, it would be pretty risky to do. Need good gaydar. There has to be something, like the office. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You need that device you got to (laughs) order. So Dennis was sitting there drinking and introduced himself to Paul Nobbs. Paul was an undergraduate at the University of London, so he was on his way to a bookstore, but he decided to stop off for a couple beers before he went. Paul sat and talked to Dennis for a couple hours before he said he needed to leave and go buy his books. Dennis walked with Paul to the bookstore, and when they were leaving, Dennis invited Paul back to his flat. Paul agreed, and when they got there, he called his mother to tell her that he would be home late. He was like, you know, going to college, but still lived at home. Okay, yeah. Dennis and Paul kept drinking, and eventually it caught up with Paul. So he called his mother back and told her that he was going to stay at a friend's house that night. At that point, they both climbed into Dennis's bed and started making out, but got tired and just went to sleep. Oh, blue balls. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Damn. At 2 a.m., Paul woke up feeling like he was going to throw up. He also had a really bad headache, so he went to the sink and got a glass of water. This woke up Dennis, and so he got up and helped Paul back to bed. At 6 a.m., Paul woke up and went to the bathroom and stood over the sink. He looked up at the mirror, and he saw that his eyes were bloodshot. He had red marks on his throat, and bruises were starting to form all over his face. He couldn't remember, like, what the, like, had no memory of what could have happened to him. Did he get drugged as well? Or is he just not a drinker, and maybe he got a little crazy? I don't know. It sounds like he was a drinker, though. If you're going to stop off, you're going to buy books. You're like, yeah, I'm going to stop off and drink some beer first. 
That's true. But that's, we don't that's know. I would do. We yeah. don't know Dennis to <laughs> be to drug these people. No. Huh? All right. More questions and answers right now. I agree. Dennis looked at Paul and told him that he should go home and get some rest and pushed him downstairs and out the front door of the apartment building. Jeez. Calm down, so, fella. He's <laughs> a college student. You have Starting to be to mean. Concerns about Dennis's behavior now. Paul made his way to the University of London for his scheduled classes, and when he walked in, his professor immediately was like, you need to go to the hospital. Oh, my God. <laughs> Once Paul got to the hospital, doctors told him, clearly someone strangled you. Like, what can you remember? Paul didn't want the embarrassment of admitting to everyone that he had been sexually assaulted by Dennis Nilsson, so he came up with a story about how he was mugged on his way home from the bookstore, but he couldn't remember much because... He was drunk. And that's where we'll pick back up on part three. Mm-mm-mm. Dennis is really trying to turn himself around. He's had, he had a mix-up with Paul here. This kind of yeah. was a bump in the road for the fresh start. Hmm. He stopped himself. His though. third fresh start Yeah, <laughs> at this point. Look, when you let go and let God, there's no limit to the number of fresh starts that you can have. I feel like part three, he's really going to turn his life around. That's, I'm looking forward to, the, to no. finding out what happens. It's a real page turner. Now I got to wait a, a whole week and find <laughs> out. <laughs> this is some fucked up shit, it, man. Oof. It's next level. It really is. When you said Dahmer, you're right. That's very similar. Mm. In part, uh, in part three, we'll get into the rest of Dennis's activities. And how he disposed of his future victims living on the top floor of that that flat. It's gonna get wild. Yeah, he he clogs some pipes. Oh boy! <laughs> All right. That's why we brought up the specific people that lived there because they were not a fan of not being able to use their toilets. I'm not a fan sure. of that either. I, I wouldn't uh, like that no, one single no. bit. Isn't uh, it's the bathrooms? It's the loo mm-hmm. there, right? The loo. Where's a loo? It's always in the basement. Is the a loo? You always got to walk down the stairs. Is a loo the bathroom or the toilet? I think it's the bathroom. Okay. I don't recall having to go to the basement to use the loo. Well, I remember the pubs troughs. I went to. They were in the basement. Was it? Did you have the troughs? There's some troughs. We had yeah. some troughs. For a nervous peer, that was a little rough go. <laughs> you gotta just hope no one's in the bathroom, and then if no one is, try to. Start before someone walks in. <laughs> and turn the water on the faucet when you walk in there. Maybe that'll help. I've never done that because then like someone else is going to come in and be like, what the fuck's going on? Like, this is weird. And then I'll be more nervous about that <laughs> and then I won't be able to go. That makes sense. And plan out these scenarios in my head. <laughs> well, that's a that's a part two. It's a heavy stuff. This guy's out of control. I don't know how you just go about your life like normal. He's like, doo, 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 doo. he's like an executive at work, running the shop. Well, let me go have some a uh, couple beers at the Gold Line tonight. Eh. Yeah, right. Next thing you know, hey, you're going into floorboards. Eh. Yeah, I mean, in part three, we brought up how he was that executive. He got that chief position. We'll see in part three. This is part three will be when he is actually promoted mm. after working there his whole time. So nobody. Had any idea that he was doing this kind they of stuff? They liked him too, right? Mm-hmm. He's a well liked guy. 
quiet guy, but they they liked him. Yeah. He looks harmless too. He really he's not does. someone he's very disarming looking, I think. Not someone that he would be afraid to, you know, go home and hang out with, I guess. Yeah. He and he obviously didn't have trouble finding people that were interested in him. Like I know sure, sure. I know that the fantasy is having a dead body, but he didn't have a problem talking to guys and getting them yeah. to go home with him. He had he he got laid when he wanted to. He had his one night stands. Mm-hmm. Like he probably could have had a legitimate relationship and someone yeah. that uh, would have stuck around. Dahmer could have too. He never had an issue finding guys. Yeah, he's a good looking guy, Dahmer. If only he'd have taken like Blippy to the dog park, right? Meet Blippy. a nice. <laughs> What's his name? Blippy. 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 Take take whatever that stupid dog's name is to the dog park. Yeah. Meet a nice gentleman there. Sure. The golden retriever. Or bleep, something. bleep 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 bleep. Okay. Well, anything else for this part? Well, I hope uh, we cryogenically froze bleep whenever his time came so we can <laughs> unfrost him when we discover how to make dogs talk and he can tell us the story. It'd be awesome. I can't even imagine how this thing ends up. You've uh, laid some good teasers for next week, but uh, this is some fucked up shit. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And we'll save, obviously, final thoughts for then. What do we have for Patreon? Thank you to new patrons Taylor Graham, Lore. At Jelly Rogue, Karen Ousley, Telly Oates, Alex Zirkel, Eric Garcia, Joseph Bigby, Zach Zinn, Theodore Mosley, Tyler Espy, Darren, Lauren Rain, Carl Monday found the clit. You bet your ass he did. <laughs> was he there, found everything he was looking for. Was there a question? I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Sheila Swingle. Column Cronin, Carol Keel, Saiji, Inid Helpbot, Ryan, Diddy Axman, Rachel Elizabeth, Dominic Flisk, Andrew Hendricks, Cece from the Block, Mickey, Philip Bishop, Goose and Live, Goose and Live, Goose and Live, Octavia Keys, Damian Hubbard, now go nom my hog. <laughs> now go nom my hog. Now go nom my hog. Okay. That's pretty good. Rob, also Dave, Cassie Amberger, take me to your wiener, Corey Sampson, Andy Barnett, just Jamie, Cleo Calendar. You say Mike's butthole, I say penis koozie. Well, it says cozy. I think they meant koozie. <laughs> well, you sorry. say Mike's butthole. I say penis cozy. Any only people who know how to spell enter my butthole. So. <laughs> sorry, pal. I don't allow idiots to butt fuck me. <laughs> Nicole Radnich Burgess, Nexus, and James Kohler. Thank you so much, new patrons. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I just have one for Ha TV. Thank you. All right. Uh, any international or uh, military shout outs, Dave? I do have one international shout out for. Be fucking Canada or something. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. 
It's D-V-S-C-N-T from Australia. Is that devious cunt? I'm not sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. If it's not, you just ruined them by calling them a devious cunt. That's what I get out of there. The, the, the review is titled Necro, and the review is, well, they don't suck. Five stars. So thank you, devious cunt from hey. Australia. Thanks, devious Go have cunt. a Foster's on us. Yeah. You don't suck either. Which probably upsets your boyfriend, but... <laughs> I do have one other shout out. Uh, Go for it. We got a box of t-shirt swag, t-shirts and hoodies in the mailbox the other day from Bateson Nation. And it says three fucko sisters in parentheses. So three fucko sisters from Bateson Nation. Thank you very much. There's some. That's a lot. Of it's an interesting box yeah. of horror t-shirts and uh, all kinds of cool shit. So. Where you guys came up with this stuff, but thank you so much. Super cool, really cool stuff. They cleared out Spencer gifts, <laughs> all those horror T-shirts, the Chucky shirts. There's Evil Dead sweatshirts. There, there's I guess all Halloween tube shirt in there, yeah. or a Halloween yeah, one. Yeah. And there's, there's an a Evil Freddy one that I think I'm yeah. taking. That's just that's just one one shirt, yeah. <laughs> the, did you say the hoodie, the Evil Dead hoodie? Evil Dead hoodie. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Really cool. Thanks, guys. Cool. Anything else? That's all I got, man. All right. Good stuff. Um, what is it? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, I feel like I'm missing something. Inquiries at Necronomapod.com is yes. where your show suggestions should go. And show suggestions only there. It's for requests. Inquiries. Necronomapod.com. Don't send them anywhere else. Send them there. Send them there. So they get added to the list. And only send those there. Inquiries at Necronomapod.com. Patreon, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Necronomapod. Amazon.com. Search Necronomapod for all of our merch. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod for all of the bonus content. All of it. All, all of, of it. it. <laughs> and Necronomapod.com <laughs> is our official site. You could still get stickers there, right, Dave? Oh, yeah. yeah. Stickers available. People like the stickers the most. Do they? Should I run a Veterans Day sale on that thing? On that thing? It'll which, be up which till will New be, Year's. Which will run to the end of the year. Uh, we <laughs> might as well. have to do a Christmas what sale. If, right. What if we just did a Veterans Day holiday sale right into the rest of the year? We'll start it. In November, and then we'll just let it go through. I think that makes sense. Um, I don't know. It always seems like people want stickers more than like shirts and koozies and hats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. People love this. We're always getting pictures of people like with their stickers. Yeah, posted. I love it. Put them everywhere. So, if you see right. a police car in your town, slap it on there. All right. So what's our ter- <laughs> <laughs> what's our typical sticker price? I have no idea. I haven't looked at it in a long time. Maybe I'll raise it to 11, 11 I was going to say, so whatever things. it is, it's going to be 11 11 <laughs> for a three-pack. I think it's going to be it'll be like a dollar cheap more because it's usually, I think, like 10 bucks for a three-pack. Well, we'll do free shipping, though. You know. yeah. Now, we'll, we'll work something out. All right. Yeah, so look for that. Necronowpod.com for the, the stickers. All right. You guys ready for the cool-down beer? Cheers. <laughs>